Welcome to On the Couch with Caroline, where we'll be finding out what makes people be the impossible. Please enjoy the episode. And welcome, everyone. I would like to welcome you to the official episode two of On the Couch with Caroline. Tonight, we've got the amazing Sam Beau Patrick with us. Sam is a the health queen, and she'll be able to tell you more about that, so I'm not going to give away too many details, but she's an amazing combination of health guru, nutritionist, passionate wellness coach, artist. Um, she's done amazing things, and, you know, I know you're really going to get so much out of this because especially in today's, you know, everything that's going on, our health and our wellness is something that we all really need to, to focus on. So I would like to introduce Sam now. We'll just get her on video. How are you going there, Sam? I am great. Am I on video? It says, no, your video hasn't come on yet. It says when I go to do it, it says that um, start video, unable to start video. You can't start your video because the host okay. has stopped it. Oh, I love live. I know. Like I, I would never want to um, not have your beautiful face on. Yes, I know. Live is so good, isn't it? All I can do is make you. The only way I can get you on is to make you the host because it's not letting me. Okay, that's. No. Oh, isn't this delightful? Sorry, everyone who's out there. Technology. See, this is what happens when you uh, go live and life basically. <laughs> sure is. Does it let you um, just down the bottom, it doesn't, if you go down my name, does it say? No, it, it's there and when I go to make you go live, it, it like sort of scams, it goes over it and um, won't let me press the button. Gives me all these other options. Mm. Move pin, make host change, roll to attendee, rename. What happens if you make me a host? Because we might be able yeah, to. Yeah, let's just put you on as host. You now are running the show. I think you can too. I think that's yeah. the... So we've got you and that's all that's important amongst, amongst the grass there. I don't know what that virtual backdrop <laughs> is. Let's just get rid of that. I'm HD. Choose virtual backdrop. Let's just go with something like none. Wow. There we go. Okay. Um, oh welcome, Sam. Um, and, you know, I think that's a good example to everyone that, you know, sometimes life's just a shit show. And you just got to do what you can to just work through it. <laughs> Not take it too seriously. No, that's the one. All righty. I'm just going to get straight into it. Yes, my dear. And I want you to tell everyone who is Sam Bo Patrick. Yeah. So, um, hello. Um, I, I guess I have a few aliases. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sammy to my friends. Um, grew, was born with a totally different name altogether. Uh, the Sam Bo Patrick. Um, is almost become like a brand, you know. Um, I think it's funny as women because we can have different surnames, but yeah. Sambo Patrick is um, the health warrior, uh, the published author, the person who is an advocate for Australians and their health, for people worldwide wanting them to see the goodness within and knowing that true empowerment is actually harnessing the resources you have in your garden, at your fingertips, in your mindset. And to me, that is what. Um, yeah, it's not just women, it's men as well, but that, to me that's the essence of the Sambo Patrick. That's the message I have always walked, talked and really tried to um, install in people. 
And I know you well enough to know that that's exactly what you just said then perfectly describes who I know you are plus so much more. But I'm sure we'll draw all that as we go along. Yeah. Um, so when you were little, like, and I love going back to that, everyone's little, what you do now, did you ever, is that what you wanted to be or did you ever have, did you have any idea what you wanted to be as a young girl? Yeah, so um, I had an interesting upbringing. Uh, you know, some would, you know, nowadays people say traumatic, all that sort of jazz. I don't really cast back on my childhood like that, um, but it was pretty chaotic um, for sure. We, you know, there's a lot of abuse as a child. Um, my mum died when I was 12. Um, I got a hand around lots of relatives and I think I'm, I must have been wired a bit differently. At the age of 10, I wrote down on a piece of paper what I wanted to be in life and um, most days I still uh, align with those three things and I guess it some people are just born that way you know some yeah. people it's just in you um, other than that you know the childhood for me was very much riding around on a bicycle climbing trees cut some um, all the rest of it and in high school sport was my saving grace you know that was the thing that um, was my stable growing up and I suspect if I didn't have sport and if I didn't have nature because I was so gifted to grow up in Tasmania um, we went bushwalking in our lunch breaks we went kayaking in the Derwent River like it was just wow. it was just foundationally mentally uh, definitely the thing that kept me um, and developed the person that I am you know it just kept me strong yeah that's interesting like I grew up in the country Victoria now, interestingly enough, I've just done my family tree and my dad's side, we're all Tasmanians back to the 1800s, early, oh. early. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so what part of Tassie? Hobart. Okay, yep. Yeah, and uh, but, you know, Nonna came over from Italy and started at Mildura and, okay. yeah, there's a, there's, I think, um, you know, it's interesting at the moment how divided Australia is on certain issues and yet we really started as a unified mass coming together under common culture and high work ethic um Absolutely. yeah and a lot of that's been brought over from overseas and yeah. you know and that's what I love about that whole you know and I, I'm a Melbourne girl and, and say well Mildura is just no I live I grew up in Witcherproof so not far oh, from oh yeah um but like that whole melting pot and I, I find that like you know it was hard for me to adjust up here I don't know how you found it but like coming from Melbourne oh, where yeah multicultural just was like a norm I never ever thought that anyone was like different mm. and we host I remember hosting a refugee family when we at the country town when I was like 10 yeah which, again like you said 10 you know that shaped my life having that refugee family come stay at our house from Vietnam shaped who I am today that experience mm. so I think it's really powerful that you said you wrote something down when you were 10 Mm. Yeah, and, you know, I um, refer to it occasionally and it is still who I am today. You know, I wanted to, sounds, um, sometimes I feel a bit apologetic for it, but, you know, this is a 10-year-old writing this down. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to represent Australia and I wanted to help as many people on the planet, mums and orphans, as I can and could. And that's still exactly what I do today. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's perfect. Mm. So amongst all of that, um, what do you think is the greatest challenge you've faced? Hmm. 
Um, good question. So I, I, you know, being a female who's now in her fifties, um, there's been two probably challenges. We're allowed to have two. Um, <laughs> you have as many as you like. <laughs> and two, being a teenage girl um, in any um, era is not easy. Um, I think we all become um, slightly psychotic. We certainly self-doubt. Um, we're sensitive. We've got hormone changes. We um, are falling in love. Um, it is one of the most tumultuous, difficult times in a person's life or a woman's life. Um, the second would definitely have been post-divorce when I had children and um, felt a total failure, felt a total failure to myself, to my children, and never thought I'd be in that predicament. And, but, you know, I was the one who instigated it because I just was seeking joy and happiness and it just wasn't there, um, but felt totally um, gutted that I had created a family and was the person who pulled the pin on that family dynamic. So that was a really tricky time many of tears on the couch yes. um, and many self-doubt, you know, lots of self-loathing, thinking I was a bad person. And then on the other side, when you've got an um, ex who's telling you that you are a bad mother, you are a bad person, it can, you know, be, they were dark times for me. Yeah, I can imagine. And I know, like, and especially for women, you know, for me, like I, I, would, I was a single mum, mm. like right from the start. Um, and, you know, I remember, you know, one of the worst things I used to remember around that time, so that's like 20 years ago when that first happened, and I was still drinking at the time, so it was pretty, I was pretty unstable anyway at the best of times. Um, so I didn't need much to trigger me. But, like, the number of newspaper articles around that time about how single mothers were ruining children's lives. Mm, right. Uh, like, that has shifted a little bit, but around the time when I was a, um, single mom that was like in the wow. newspaper like once a week that you know that children would grow up dysfunctional if they weren't in the family unit all that wow. sort of stuff and, and it's interesting to you say that you know and same I think you know that whole social concept of marriage divorce and what we're supposed to be mm. and it doesn't often bring us happiness but you went in search of happiness yeah, so, you know, I've done a lot of work, um, I guess, on values and, uh, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, would I be happy in that moment? And if not, why not? What can I change right now to make that moment the best moment? And uh, that's held me in good stead. So that really helps you every day almost declutter yesterday and um, reassess what your values are. And mine are 100% fun, adventure, uh, giving back the planet, um, yeah, I have to. I don't have to. Financial stability is in there now. It never used to be. You know, I, I have travelled the world um, a lot, and uh, those have been the things I've sought out. And you know, I guess you know, people stand back and go, "Oh my God!" You know, you're over here. You're under a waterfall there. You, you know, you're eating pinchos in San Sebastian again. And you know, and it it looks great on the outside, and that's because I'm living my truth. If it's not you on the inside, don't do it. You know, other people are happier um, with stability around them and following their value system. And um, I think probably the, the best thing I've ever done is go through my values. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I get that. I've done a bit of values work and it was really interesting because, like, I know for one of mine when I did values work was I looked at all the lists and I went, oh, my God, I don't have wealth anywhere. Mm. Right? Mm. And so then, you know, we talked about how you can, 
change your value. You know, it's hard, but you can do work in NLP to change your value system. Mm. And I went, but hey, hang on a minute. My biggest idols, Mahatma Gandhi, um, people who have nothing and achieve greatness. I said, I don't need wealth in there as a value mm. because that's not what I aspire to. Like I've done work around money mindset and that's a different thing. Mm. But it's interesting when you work on your values, what you find. And a lot of people go through life not looking at what their actual values are and do you find that's where you find people incongruent? Um, most often than not because um, they're, you know, so I've done a lot of um, health coaching, life coaching, weight loss, mindset, uh, specialise in hormones um, and I'll find that, you know, people will be going and, you know, you know, the unconscious mind is the is an incredible um, play space and arbitrary um, universe to explore uh, because it governs everything. So if, you know, I say to people, who do you think is driving the ship, you know, the captain or the crew? And people go, well, obviously the captain. I go, well, what if the captain says we're going for that cliff over there, you know, turn the boat left? The crew's not going to let that happen. And time and time again I've had people come to me and say, oh, you know, I need to lose weight that's important and so the captain puts down the directive and then the crew will sabotage it because it's Monday night and it's nine o'clock and they're still single and they haven't got that guy and they'll go to the fridge and just do a oh um, 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 um. so the values um, highlight why those sabotaging moments occur and until they they are really understood a person will always be sabotaged by a value conflict or they'll get anxious because they're you know working in a workplace and they might be about saving the world but the business is about making dollar and there'll be this conflict so until those are ironed out to me it is foundational for joy and happiness to understand that you're you know your own values you know whether it's protection saving um love family um friends first because it it really helps you then um not just allocate your time and energy and focus was it in your, your personal commodities, but also understand when anxieties rise, it's because one of those isn't being met and that's so vital for you as an individual. Yeah. One, one of my favourite words which I learned when I was in rehab 12 years ago and it's always stayed with me is incongruency. Mm. It and, feels and, awkward. And, yeah, and you, and you get to know when you feel incongruent with what you're doing and, like I said, it's because you're, your actions are not in alignment with your values generally yeah and then you know the opposite of that is that um beautiful juicy of flow when things come to you easily and effortlessly and just go oh my god you know this is joyful it's because you are doing what your values are aligning you to do and it's great (laughs) so good it is like i I get that now and that is it's an amazing feeling Mm. so who would you say throughout your life has had the most influence on you yeah so um I probably don't need to look far. It's probably been my nonna and my um, grandma. So my grandma just passed away. Oh, now what are we? Probably two, yeah, just shy of two months. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, at 94, she, um, she was an artist. She had, uh, she could speak Russian. She's, she lived in France wow. for years and um, quite a remarkable lady. Not someone who would stand in public and talk and not someone that you'd particularly, you know, I, I called her every second day, but the little, 
isms that she would pop out with that were just like, whoa, you know, she's such a repertoire of, an, of knowledge. I just uh, really enjoyed having her in my life for so long. And my nonno was great. He's Italian. Um, he taught me the joy of food. Um, he taught me the power of connection and hugging. Um, he taught me the value of um, standing up and fighting. And he, um, you know, when I was going through those, well, there's only been one divorce, but um, he would say, Sam, now is the time to show your teeth. There are some times where you have to fight and now is it. And he you know, gave me that permission to at times just go, right, gloves off, this is on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love that about you, that you are so passionate about that. So that brings me on to if you could change anything about the world, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, can I say two? Okay, let's go. This is like a two interview. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the duet tonight. Um, <laughs> the two things now that today, today the two things that are really um, upsetting me the most is what's happening in um, Afghanistan and that needs to be changed. That I would change that with my magic wand. I would have said, you know, well, peace and famine and all this other and fresh running water around the world, but at the moment the most pressing issue the planet has and we are living the same time point in time as you and I are talking now those women over there are going to get beaten and killed and I don't know how to help them and that feels terrible for me um the second thing is I'd um the second thing at the moment I would change in a heartbeat is get rid of state governance and bring us all back as one country this is Australia and what's happening as of midnight tomorrow night has divided our country so much and um, I'm getting 100 emails, maybe 200 today, um, people saying they're in pain because of what's going on and I would change it in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I get that and it's, and, and, and I guess that's where, you know, I know like you get out there and you um, work, you know, you, you, you're you taking in other people's energies and stress and, and, you know, and I know I do that as a coach sometimes too. So how does Sam look after herself when there's so much of that emotion coming into your life? How do you look after your own being? Yeah, so I, um, I'd like to think I'm quite normal and grounded. So I swim in the ocean most days, yeah. I ride on my bike. Um, I find, you know, I, I will, I think I'll get time to paint today, but I'm quite creative, so I'll often mm. just create something. Today I just created a script for a movie that's going to go off the ground um, about our local area. Um I am fortunate in that I love being outside and in nature and, you know, and swimming in the ocean is just that, that one of the greatest joys, as is bushwalking. You know, finding yourself amongst these 100-year-old trees that canopy you in this warmth um, while your feet walk on this, the earth, like, uh, I guess that's, you know, my solace. Yep. Um, I do daily meditation as well, like I... Um, I think it's quite naive to think that we're quite, you know, I think we're, we're ethereal, not so much lineal. And um, I love watching the sunrise and oh. yeah, lots of little things like yeah. that. Yeah. And I think it is that sometimes it's, it is, you know, like sometimes the little things that all add up because I'm it's saying, like, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Like, and I'm obsessed. The one thing when I opened my gym, one of the hardest things for me was taking classes at six o'clock in the morning and missing the sunrise. 
Like, uh, it, yes. it, it, like actually I got to a point where I ended up going, I can't do this. I need to at least see a couple of weeks. So I had to get another PT in yeah, good. just Important. so I could have that experience because it, it, I could see the difference in me mm. just not having that connection. Mm. And we get such a, and, you know, and I guess we're so, despite everything, so, and, you know, and you talk about Afghanistan, so privileged to live where we live right now, mm. even though it's an absolute shit show. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I can sit there and say I'm so privileged that I have this amazing nature near me that I can experience. That's right. So we're so fortunate. Yeah. And I think, though, sometimes, like, you know, do you think, how, how do you get, I'm just deviating a bit here, how, how would you encourage people? How do you encourage people? Because I know a lot of people don't go outdoors enough. I, I think that's a simple thing and they don't, you know, because I know I'll say to people like you know, even just go around the block is mm. outside. Mm. You need to start somewhere. But what's your message to people who tend to not utilise that beautiful nature that we have? Well, there's um, it, there's many ways. It depends what the resistance is. Is it um, because they've got social anxiety, don't want to go out, or they just don't see the value in exercising, or they're scared of the sun? Um, you know, I... I uh, I guess I've studied health and healthy people and happiness in within people. And apart from studying people, I've also studied those things like yeah. Dan Butner and, um, you know, the blue zones and what people do around the world that, um, you know, we're, we're human beings. We're, we're, we're experiencing, we're experiencing connection. And if you're inside, you're missing a lot of connection. You're missing a lot of connection to the planet. You're missing those random little conversations with your neighbour. Um, to think that you can live life virtually is um, virtually deluded, you know. I mean, yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, during please. lockdown, it's been a saviour um, because we haven't had that physical ability necessarily to contact or have those chit-chats, so it's been, it has saved people. Um, but, yeah, outdoors for me is we were designed outdoors I look at the tribal existence where people walk around without shoes, their, their feet are on the planet, they're not in sneakers. Yeah. I have so many people who have, I've consulted over the years and I'll go, so, you know, when did you step on the planet today? When did you connect with the, um, the massive, you know, thing that we, we are living upon? And they'll, oh, yeah, okay, I went from my bed to the shower, put the shoes on to work, to the gym, to home, and I'm like, you haven't trod on the earth today. Like, that's you've got to tread on the earth you have to connect yourself to the planet otherwise you just become less and less connected or disconnected yeah, totally. less and less disconnected yeah i know like one of the one of the things i love doing the most is beach running mm. that feel of like running on the beach and it's interesting when i go like especially in, in competition or stuff like that that i've done that's beach orientated and the number of people who wear runners and they go like, on the beach, yeah, like you're not designed to wear your runners no. on the beach. Like you're not, you're not designed to just go from your shoes straight into running on the beach. Like mm. take it slow, but um, yeah, there's an amazing feeling of, yes. sand, of sand and beach and water. Yes, it is, and just to bathe in it all, like yeah. just to immerse yourself in it. Mm. Yeah. Um. So, what makes Sam laugh? Lots of things. <laughs> um, so, so lots and lots of things, just um, quirky things, funny things, random things. 
um, children. Uh, Sunny, um, the, the guys I swim with, uh, <laughs> you said the day before, one of them pulled out a photo of his grandchild in Melbourne and um, it was just that little baby and the, his son was filming it and the baby was just going, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's just this <laughs> that watching someone else laugh is quite infectious. Um, okay. I love a good um, comedy you know, just I really do enjoy being entertained to laugh as well. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I guess, I mean, laughing is just an expression of joy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so it, it's really what makes me feel of joy. Yeah. I think we all probably need more laughter in our life. And I think that's where, you know, I think to being able even to laugh at situations when they're just, Chaotic. Funny. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you just got to go like, like ah! <laughs> and you, yeah, and go, okay. Um, and, and like you said, like, and you would know that, you know, that the, the actual physical change in a person from laughing. Oh, it's, um, you know, that's become my specialty is hormones and mm. uh, the, the act of laughing drops cortisol, drops testosterone, uh, increases dopamine, increases oxytocin. So if people want to lose weight, laughing is one of the best measures they can do. Yep. And if they feel good about themselves, they're more likely to go and seek that as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's so be... many spin-offs for having um, high dopamine oxytocin levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm. So do you have a... Um, daily routine that you never miss um that i never miss yes probably well at the um it kind of waxes and wanes where i'm and changes depending where i'm in the world and what time zone etc i'm on at the moment it's getting up around about 4 30 um i'll uh do a like a reiki meditation bringing white light into my crown and my third eye purple and watching the sunset uh they're, they're unshakable. They're for me. Um, yep. Swimming in the ocean today, I didn't, and I've regretted not doing it. But then, you know, sometimes I get a bit down that I didn't do it, but I made a choice. I rode the bike. Um, so being in nature every day is a non-negotiable. Yeah. Uh, brushing teeth, optional. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> 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 um, I, I want fairy teeth today. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> option. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm not too fastidious on lots of things, ex except uh, I do have a little garden as well, and I do like to connect with the planet. Um, and where I can, I'll cook. Yeah. Because self nourishment so, comes from that. Did you always do that, or when did you work out that that was your thing that you needed to do? I've always day? exercised. Yep. Um, and that, that has been my, um, people call it exercise, which sounds like it's a um, rich, uh, not a ritual, it sounds like it's a tick box activity tick. Yeah. Not for me, it's just my fabric. Yeah. Call it movement, call it being outdoors, call it being active, whatever terminology it needs to be called. Um, that's, I prefer to structure my life with that being the main thing and the other stuff has to slot into that. Yeah. And that's been from a young age. And I think that's where, like, like you know, with anything, it becomes whether you know, an e healthy eating, it becomes lifestyle rather than making choices. It just becomes something you do. It's just who I am, and it's my DNA. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, my DNA. Yeah. 
So I guess that leads into similar like so that's how you maintain your mental and your physical and emotional and spiritual self. Yeah, I mean that that's um that's a jigsaw of lots of pieces mm. as well, you know. It's um I've said health is not a default position. Health is something you have to work at. Mm. Health is something you commit to. Health is something you do daily actions around uh, to think that swallowing herbal supplements and pills is going to make you healthy as opposed to eating an uh, organic meal that you've selected at, talked to the farmer to, ask the conditions that the food's grown in, gone and looked up a recipe and made with love and, and care is really missing the point. Um, so health um, physically is a conglomerate of exercise and good sleep, rest, switching off, eating well, nourishing your soul, self, um, mindset, soul. I think it's just as important as um, um, school education and work. The, the, where your mind is at is where everything is at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did hear someone great once say, you know, be like a warrior to the doorstep of your mind. Don't let crap in. Um, yeah. Be mindful of what you're listening to on TV, who you're talking to, who you're allowing into your life. Um, and then, you know, the, I guess the, um, the higher purpose stuff, this soulful stuff is um, allowing yourself to have time to daydream and fi find that uh, compass that's within us that feels naturally where we should be directed at. Because sometimes, you, you know, we have rational thoughts and we want a career path and we're pushing, pushing, pushing that way should be more swaying that way so you have to give yourself daily time just to drift so i'm just going to bend down and get a water <clears throat> so that that um yeah. time for reflection that's not filled with chores is so important as well yeah i think that's important like that's one of the things i found when i first got into the you know the fitness industry um is that whole a like i, I say to people if someone tells you there's only one good diet or one way to do something, I said run 100 miles in the opposite direction <laughs> because everyone's different and it's such a mix of everything. Mm, 100%. You know, it's like that life wheel. You know, you need to try and fill each of the little parts of it rather than focus purely on one. And, and I mean, people's needs change throughout their life too. Like when your breastfeeding is different to when you're in menopause, your, your nutritional needs can be radically different when you're exercising to when you're sitting behind a desk. And that can be the one person and that can, that can change within a year. Yes. So continually finding what works for you um, in terms of a food regime or whatever you want to call it is I tend to call it nourishment. Um, rather than a diet or an eating plan, yeah. that's the terminology I use. Um, but finding out how best to nourish yourself to get the best out of your body is important. It takes reflection and it takes the ability to have a clear mind to go, I felt really bloated and, you know, farty after that. What was that? Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be eating that. Um, and bringing it to the conscious thought where you go, I don't want to eat that anymore. See how I go, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Isn't it? I was on a... Um... Facebook post the other day and someone asked oh can so I'm I'm really busy at the moment so I'm skipping meals can someone tell me what the best shake is mm. and like there's all these different brands I won't go into too many names but yeah. you know a lot of the common ones and like my saying my comment was uh none just eat real food yeah 
And the the thing with, you know, this faster, better mentality, and um, that was one of my keynote talks for years okay. was, um, on food and um, corporate health disease. And, you know, I've done many different keynote topics, but the, the big one to me is that whole, um, you know, we're too busy to eat mentality because I've got to work and, yeah. um, you know, I've got to work hard. I have to get it there at seven and I can't leave till five and I don't have time for a lunch break. I've got to eat something quick and on the run or whatever I'm like you know um it's such a uh it's really missing the point on living um your body so if your brain is on if you're in the sympathetic state and that's when your body's secreting there's only an on switch and an off switch when the on switch is on the sympathetic state your body is more concerned about what it can do what it can churn out um kpis deadlines uh um, it has no time to digest. So if you go and put food in that system when that switch is on, you're not going to digest it at all. You're not going to get the nutrients out of it. You might be having a shake while you're sitting in front of the computer, but you won't absorb much of that at all. And you become malnourished on a different level. And the only time we digest is when the switch is off in the parasympathetic state and digestion is on. Now that takes 10 minutes from when you turn your brain off. So when I was doing these corporate talks in um, cities, I'd say, right, you've got to get up from your desk, go over the road, get a touchstone, come back, because people want scripts. How long? (laughs) Go down the lift, touch the stone, come back, minimum of 10 minutes. Then your stomach acid might have an opportunity to kick in and then the digestive process can begin. But until that happens, do not put food in a system where the digestive system is switched off. People put on weight around their tummy. If they eat when their cortisol levels are high, they feel sluggish and tired. Uh, it just creates more hormone confusion. Um, insulin levels are high. They can end up with lots of different hormone imbalances through that one particular habit of eating when they're stressed. That's such great um, advice for people. And, and you know, and like a, it's like everything, isn't it? Like we, we know and as we get older, I think we understand more how important it is just not to be stressed. Yes, and look, it's an easy thing to say, don't be stressed. I tend to focus more on um, uh, encouraging people to have more fun and be relaxed because when you say to stress people, don't be stressed. Shit. They get stressed about not being stressed. (laughs) (laughs) How do I do that? Am I stressed when I'm eating? It's like just relax to have more fun and then, oh, okay, that I can do. Yeah, that used to be like, um, you know, I smoke because I'm stressed. And, you know, like years ago when I used to smoke and I'd be like, oh, but I smoke because I'm stressed. And, like, then I wouldn't be able to have a cigarette and I would be, like, the most stressed person <laughs> in the world. And I go, like, yeah, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, so which one, and you've got lots of life achievements, which mm. one do you think means the most to you and why? We've, I mean, we've had three children. Yeah, and that's, I don't think anything really beats that in the bigger picture. No, no, they've been um, all pretty remarkable. Um, look, there was a time, I mean, there's been plenty speaking at Woodford to packed audiences, um, having people come up saying, You've changed my life, you've saved my soul, having random people at airports. Uh, come up and say the same thing, people spotting me, 
saying, you know, you said something once and it changed my life. You saved my life. I mean, it's happened today many a time. Um, that is something I'll never stop feeling, you know, grateful for. Um, sitting in the green room about to go on TV, Channel 9, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be on Sunrise and Today and uh, multiple times on Today Extra, um, Today Tonight, and there's something about being when you know you've got a message to tell yeah. and you've got the platform of Australia and at that point that feels quite privileged. Um, those moments have always been been plenty of sporting achievements um i i know recently um you know i, I spent the last last couple of years six months of the year overseas so i've got the kids half time so when i wasn't here i was overseas and i have pinched myself going around venice and um italy i've been to italy maybe eight times but each time I go I go you've you've created what you see you, you've yeah. done well girl and each time has been the best moment of my life <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a privileged person yeah and that do you do think that you know because obviously when you were talking about earlier you know and difficult your childhood wasn't easy and then losing your mum you know that that makes these accomplishments you know even more important like because it, you know you and I think role modeling to other people that you can do it and I've never really um set out to say oh no you know you can do it too I'm not that person no. on Instagram that has hundreds of thousands I'm not necessarily that person um I've been but however I'm just trying to think of what what you're saying there like the um I mean, there haven't been many leg ups. It's been a matter of forge and create. I, I was, I think I have been wired differently. <laughs> I think I've yeah. been gifted with um, determination, not stubbornness of knowing when to back down and say, sorry, I've got this wrong. Um, and, and, you know, it happens probably every day. You know? <laughs> I had one of those moments yesterday on a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I'm sorry. I know you've probably had a lot of these calls. <laughs> oh, yes, that one. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I can acknowledge, yeah. But I think, I, I guess for me, like, and I know with my story, it's like you're not defined by your past. And I think it, you know, trying to help people see that there are other ways to live your life and using those situations of your life that aren't necessarily so great to build something else. Yes, I mean, 100% like the, um, it was probably 12 years ago, I went to a seminar in Brisbane and we, you know, it was one of those um, you know, personal development ones and mm. you scribed down on the last day what your most perfect day was. And I stuck it up. I read it every day in the shower and I took positive actions and before I knew it, I'm, I'm living that life. Mm. Uh, if there's something in my current life I like, don't like, I might get the rubber out. I erase a few things and re-script it. Um, what we tell ourselves we're able to is what becomes our reality. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. If the narrative in your head is poor, poor you, you know, you've you've always done. The world owes you. The government owes you. Whatever. Well, that's what you'll seek out in the world, and you will be rewarded with that reality. If and if you want to change that reality, you get the rubber out, the metaphoric rubber out, and you rewrite that script. Yeah. So on that, so 
I guess that leads on to the next one. You've sort of answered it. But so if there's people out there watching, right, and mm. what advice would you give them about following their dreams? I'd say this, <laughs> life's not a dress rehearsal and life is not a dress rehearsal. This isn't, this is the real gig. You will not get a second chance at this life and life is going on around you every single second. Um, don't wait for it to be perfect before you execute. Go out now, find, get that compass pointed in the direction you think it should be going and start moving the boat towards where you think it should be. When, when you've set sail and it doesn't feel right, just you know, go back under the deck and readjust it a little bit and see where it does feel right. Um, have a sense of where you want to go to, but don't think you've got all the answers right now. Just launch, get yeah. into life, get into something, get, get out there, get amongst it um, and understand that life is a, a series of um, running forward, tripping over, picking your socks up, dusting off again and going again for it and never, never give up the passion for what you want. And I think that's yeah, really important. And, you know, like I'm a big believer, like you you just have to take action. You know, and I learned that, you know, you can't wait for things to be perfect because nothing's ever perfect, ever, 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 ever. And and like you said, and that's what I found, like you take action and even though you think that's where you're supposed to go, life will move you in the direction of what's really there. <laughs> yeah. But you just got to keep pushing forward and, like you said, falling over, falling backwards, getting up, dusting yourself off and going, okay, Let's go again. Yeah, and as long as you're getting somewhere in life, oh. I mean, if you keep doing that and um, you, you find you're in Groundhog Day, well, then maybe you're on the wrong track totally. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be uh, naive to um, or be silly about it, but I meant more like, um, yeah, like don't wait for things to be perfect before you yeah. get out there and experience life. Just get out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and I think that's, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go audition on The Voice as much as I would like to. Yeah, <laughs> it, it might be my goal, but I don't know that that one's going to work out so well for me. Like, give it a go. Who would know? <laughs> so, yeah, know, know thyself <laughs> as well. And, and so, like, for you, say if, if someone tells you, like, yeah, Sam, that's impossible. You'll never be able to do that. What's your response? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably said that to the wrong person. Um, well, you know, it's interesting. I did a live today because there's some atrocities happening in our homeland and um, yeah. I, uh, I started to, by midday, there was, you know, 11,000 views and um, about, I think there was like 1,200 comments and I noticed that 200 of them were these trolls. And, um, yeah, so it's people are just vile with language and just inappropriate. And it's like, you don't even know me. I'm a mum. I'm a pretty nice person. I'd probably stop and change your tyre, you bloody troll. Um, so what yeah. happened to me? You, know, you can't do this. You can't, um, you can't say what you're saying. We're not going to allow you. I'm like, just watch me. Just watch me. So what's happened today is that, Interesting enough, the people that I feared, the trolls in the past that have really made me cry and stay awake at night, today have become my strength because yeah. today um, no one will stop me for um, saving the minority of people who are not enjoying what's going on around them and I will fight for people's freedom. Yeah, and I think that's it, it's a being able to 
and I think like it comes back to you saying you know your values, you know who you are, and when you know who you are, it's like when the wrong person in your life, the unhelpful person, let's call them, says stuff. It's like almost like either water off a duck's back, or mm. yeah, it helps drive you to your purpose. Yeah. At the same time, if it's a helpful person and you know that, and if you're aligned with yourself, you can also sit back and go, "Oh, okay, maybe there's something I can adjust here for me." Mm. And and I think that the more you know yourself, you know what direction these comment comments come from and how you can use them for your best advantage. Yeah, true. I mean, the, the, to say to some, anyone that that's impossible, unless it's, um, uh, well, I don't know. I, I think everything's probably possible yeah. to a degree, you know. Will I um, do, um, will I do t- 10 flip-flaps in a gymnastic pose? Possibly not. Um, is it impossible? No. Uh, you know, you, you pick what you want and um, will I... Um, I mean, I've done some amazing projects around the world as one person and people would have sat back and said it's impossible what you're trying to achieve and I've gone and done it. Like yeah. I have um, zero doubt in my ability to change the world and the people around me. So, yeah. I love that. Love that about you, that you have that confidence in what you're doing. And I think, it, you know, like I said, I think, you know, we can talk about all this stuff and that's why, you know, I love talking to you is that, we can, people can read books or they can read it online, they can do all that, but John, and most people learn or change behaviour because they see someone else they admire doing it. Mm. And I think that makes such more of a difference in that whole being able to see someone else in that journey who's achieved. Yeah. Look, yesterday was, um, I don't get many down days at all. Like I'm fortunate I bounce along round, you know, 10 out of 10, sort of, you know, very fortunate. But, you know, that as I said, that's not a default. That's because yeah. I do all those other little things. Um, but yesterday I was pretty flat because of a few things that are going on in this country. And um, I thought, oh, I need some inspo. And <laughs> um, I listened to Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. And I listened, I thought, God, if that man in India in that regime could do what he achieved, Without the internet, you'll be fine, girl. And then uh, I listened to Martin Luther, Luther King and the same thing, what he did for um, suppressed blacks during that that era when women weren't oh. even voting in that time. I just go, he had a dream. He yeah. had a dream that he could do it and he did not um, bend from that dream. And no. I think they, they, you know, that you're right, they have inspired me now to go, come on, if, they, if these guys can do it, you can do it. Yep, yeah, I love that. So, Sam, what's next for you? What's uh, next? Well, I'm an artist as well, yeah. so yeah. I've been painting. I haven't talked much about that. No. But, um, I do, I have a dream that my art is hung in New York, uh, Hong Kong. I've got a piece in Rome at the moment in a palace. And yeah. you know, my, my ultimate dream is I'm a, um, a rich travelling artist. That's, that's what I'd like, who gives back to the planet, who does projects. The immediate future in the next week, I'm making a um, movie, a de- short promo clip for Coolangatta where we live, um, promoting the businesses because they're going through a really tough time at the moment. Um, and that's just come together today. Um, then there's kids. Um, 
I can't travel at the moment, which is an anomaly for me. So uh, it's, you know, I've got lots of ideas that pop up all the time. The most greatest calling at the moment in the next month, though, um, aside from painting, is um, helping people through this really tough, and I think it's going to be really tough next four weeks, um, making this video clip and um, trying to find some inroads to the Taliban, like to assist women there. So yeah. that, that to me is really, that's call, calling my heart. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? It's like two equally important causes and yet so different, different, drastically apart as well. And, yeah. you know, and, I, and I, I was watching something the other day and they were talking about how having appreciation that at the moment maybe, you know, the older generation are coping better in some ways because mm. many of them went through a war. Mm. Whereas... A lot of this generation, other generation, the younger generation, have not experienced the type of trauma as a society we're experiencing right now. Yeah, and it's it's very unkind to judge them for feeling stressed and traumatized when we live in such a privileged world, and we get that. But if you haven't experienced trauma, it's still trauma, mm. and you know from their perspective. Equally as important to to help. Oh gosh, yes. I, I I feel at the moment, which is why I did that live a couple of days ago, that the casualties of what's happening in our country at the moment is the twenty to thirty year old. They they the um the youth. They haven't had the experience on the planet like we have. They haven't been through a GFC. They um haven't had you know seen World Trade Center tumble down. They haven't seen. Vietnam they haven't seen conflict like we have and we're we're not um necessarily the elders of the village but we're older and we yeah. need to hold a place of safety while they discover these things without um losing hope and at the moment I really feel the 20 to 30 year old is the most vulnerable in our country to lose hope um the suicide rates reaffirm that yeah. and to take jobs off people um, because of something that doesn't make sense to them is, um, to me, quite abhorrent. So, yeah, my most concerned group at the moment who I want to assist is the 20 to 30-year-old. Yeah, yeah, and I totally, totally agree and that that's, like, you know, part of my, like, for me now too, it's just, like, helping people navigate this as best they can because I think that's where everyone needs support and, you know, and everyone, like I said, needs to get off their bandwagon of horribleness because we can all have different opinions on this subject sure. and have a conversation and talk. It's it's okay. <laughs> you know, humans sure. are different. Humans have different values. Humans have different opinions. But there is no excuse for, like, name-calling or trolling mm. or all that stuff. And then at the same time I sit there sometimes with comments and I, I get ready to go, <laughs> and then I go, oh, Caroline, that person's only commenting like that because they're in trauma. Yes. And, like, you've got to, like, try and step back from that and at least respond but as kindly as you can. doesn't mean you back away, back away from my what I'm going to say, but do it in a kind way. Yeah. <laughs> do it with give compassion. It, that's right. Or give it a day where it's not so charged. Yeah. Um, and it's less, less um, yeah, I, I think. You know that was a that's been a turning point for me. Handling with um, it's not like every comment I say is you know controversial, but um, there certainly has been a lot of people um, through social media who can really 
send some darts to your heart and um you know being called a whore and things like that like it's just just disgusting um yeah when you go like i'm pretty sure this has got nothing to do with my sex life but anyway anyway (laughs) whatever um yeah but today that's been my fodder to really find more depth and strength and i i'm grateful to those people today they really made me stronger (laughs) yeah that's fabulous to hear now, so if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, um, mm. how could they do that? And maybe someone, you know, are you looking? Anyone knows or anything with Afghanistan that they want to collaborate with you? Yeah, sure. Or your film? Are you, with your film, do you need any help with I that? I think we're pretty much off the ground with that. Um, yeah. That's that's come come together really well. Um, yeah, so I, I do lots of projects in Nepal with orphanages around the world, um, Bali. Um, um, I've done a lot with the bushfires and when the Victorian bushfires were on and um, it went once I, because I, I don't have bureaucracy or red tape to go through, I can make things happen. Yeah. Um, but if someone has got an inroads with Afghanistan, sure, reach out. Um, I'm not looking to do Lamington drives. I do a bit higher up than that. Um, so, but yes, definitely reach out. My website's sambopatrick.com. Um, that's the Sambo Patrick, the health side. Facebook's still alive, but, you know, sometimes um, I have had threats today saying your page is going to get taken down. Um, so that's the Sambo Patrick, the health queen. Um, Instagram, I'm not so active, but that's another way to contact me. The art stuff's all under Samantha Bow. Yeah. Or, yeah. or come for a swim on Sundays at Cooley Kobe's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Always there. Yeah. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add to people? Just any message you'd just like to give out to everyone today? Um, look, it is it is uh, unprecedented times. Every day is unprecedented, really. Um, but these are times where uh, I think unifying and tolerating more is so key. So even though we might have a slightly different sort of opinion, slightly different skin tone, slightly different religious base, whatever it may be, I think that... Um, we need to um, act, in, particularly in Australia, act as Australians and then think globally and act for everyone else on the planet. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank, thank you. you for sharing everything. And, you know, it's, it's always lovely for me because even though we know each other, you know, like sometimes you don't have these conversations and you just, no. I, love, I love finding out more about people and what makes them tick because I think that's how we connect yeah as, as a community as a world yeah like, we're all special in our own little way even the trolls yes that's right all right thank you everyone <laughs> yeah. all right see you bye